Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, this is Christine Heath, and I'm coming to you from Hawaii for the 52nd or 53rd, I guess this is. Yeah, I think it may be 53. Episode of Psychology Has It Backwards. And I am here with my good friend and colleague and amazing woman, Judy Sedgman. When you said amazing woman, I stopped for a minute and looked around. (laughs) (laughs) Coming from the great state of Pennsylvania. Yes. So it's a new world for her. It's a new life. And we're happy that she made the move and can be here with us today. I'm thrilled. So today we thought we'd talk about how we talk ourselves out of doing things, how we get thoughts about what we can do and what we can't do or how hard it is or how easy it is to do something. And we limit ourselves in terms of what we can do or at least create a lot of suffering about it. And one of the things that um, I I find interesting in, in myself was that I had many things that I wanted to do. The things I thought I wanted to do, I didn't do. Other things would happen, and I wouldn't think about them, and I'd do them, and they turned out to be pretty amazing at the time. But because I didn't have any thoughts about myself, I would just plow forward without realizing the amount of work it would be or how hard it would be or how good I had to do it. I just didn't care about it. But there were some things that I would do, and I would try. Like I wanted to be a lawyer. I mean, you know, no offense, but thank God I never became a lawyer because I would have been really nutty. But I really, from the time I was in the sixth grade, I wanted to be a criminal defense lawyer and I was going to go to law school. But then I, when I was a senior in college, I had to take the LSAT. And I was so sure that I wouldn't do well on the LSAT that I never took it because I was afraid if I took it and I didn't do well, I would realize that I couldn't be a lawyer and I would be bummed out for the rest of my life. And so not knowing one way or the other seemed better to me than going ahead and doing that. And I still laugh today because really, I mean, had I gone to law school at the time I thought I should go to law school, I was very detail oriented and very insecure about how smart I was. It would, it would have gobbled me up and had me for lunch, (laughs) but um, I didn't. And then I became a therapist by mistake. Like I didn't think, oh, I want to be a therapist. What a great job. I was working for the state of Minnesota, consulting with people on how to set up group homes for people coming out of institutions, state hospitals at that time. And I found that consulting and counseling people on how to do things that were hard was fun for me. I did pretty well at it. And so I decided that I would actually go into therapy myself. And then I was in this women's group and I was really good at kind of listening to people and getting, you know, understanding where they were coming from. I thought, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I could be a therapist. And so then I was in graduate school and I was getting my master's degree in special education. 
And I decided I want to be a therapist. So I switch in the middle of my master's program, which I've never actually heard of anybody that switched their degree in the middle of a master's program. No, not usually at that point. (laughs) And I added community counseling onto it. So I got this kind of interdepartmental major in in a master's, which was a combination of special education and, and community counseling. And then I, after I graduated, my hobby was being a therapist. And I was still this, you know, working in business in healthcare and, and, and doing that. And um, I got in a fight with my boss and I resigned before I got fired. And the only job I could find was being a therapist full time. So it was kind of beneath me to be a therapist full time. I, I thought it was like not as, you know, da-da-da as the other jobs that I had. And, um, but as it turned out, all my administrative experience came in and I set my first clinic up when I was 27. I look back now, I'm like, wow, I had this whole career going and I made choices on it. But I didn't, it wasn't because I had these, th- this thinking that that's what I wanted to be. So who knows what would have happened if I was became a lawyer, but it's just a really great experience of how you talk yourself out of something before you even try. And then life takes over and you, it works out anyway, which is, which is another great thing. It's funny because I wanted to be a lawyer too. And I, uh, when I was in college, I talked and I wasn't worried about taking the LSAT or anything, but when I was, my dad was a lawyer and when I was in, and he was older, he got married later in life. And so uh, when I was in junior in college, I started talking to my dad about maybe going to law school. And he said, oh, Judy, he said, I hate to discourage you, but, you know, there's hardly any women in law and they never make partner and and law is a man's world. And, you know, and he said, I know that it would be hard for you just watching you, you know, as a young woman trying to assert yourself in life and things are changing for women. I don't think it'll ever change in law. And of course it has dramatically, but you know, at the time he was correct. Um, He just didn't, he was older and kind of set in his ways and he didn't really see change coming in the professional law. But I really looked up to my dad. And so I thought, Oh, it'd be too hard. You know, it'd be really difficult. And I don't want to have to fight my whole life to, you know, get recognition as a woman. And what if I'm, you know, really a good lawyer, but nobody will, you know, hire me in a big firm or, you know, I just made up all these reasons how not to be a lawyer. So I never pursued it. And then about when I was in my mid-30s, I had the thought again. I thought maybe I could still go to law school because I could see it changing. You know, there were even TV shows with women lawyers in them back then. And I thought, you know, it's kind of changed. My dad had died and, and, and there wasn't anybody to stop me. And I stopped me because I thought I was too old. I just remember looking in the mirror thinking, who do you think you are? You're 37 years old. Looking back on it, it's like I was a baby. But, you know, and I didn't, uh, I didn't do it because I thought people would make fun of me and, uh, you know, I'd be too old and I wouldn't get along with the other students. And by the time I would get into a law firm, I'd be, you know, you know, in in my going downhill. And and it's, (laughs) It's crazy because shortly after that is, you know, a few years after that is when I discovered the principles. And uh, somehow it never dawned on me that I was too old to start a new career. I just upended my entire life and started a whole new career. So, you know, it's hard to say sometimes whether it's your wisdom or whether it's, it would have worked out no matter what you've done. 
but I know how easy it is to decide things are too hard to do and then feel bad about it. See, if we just decided, oh, well, I'm not going to do it then, that'd be one thing. But almost always when you have your heart set on something and then it's not going to work out, you start blaming yourself or feeling bad about it or thinking, oh, well, I'm not as smart as I thought I was, or maybe I'm not ever going to be good enough or whatever. Those are, those are the extraneous thoughts that we don't need. So we, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say is that some, sometimes that's how psychology has it backwards, right? Because when you go in and uh, talk about what's happened to you, right? Like what the limitations were, like it, in the case of you going to law school, you know, like it, it, it might be that I'd say, Oh, it's too bad. You had such a misogynistic father, you know, <laughs> you know getting in the way of you doing that and didn't, didn't support you and didn't promote you. And Oh gosh, you didn't get to achieve your goals. And now you have to live with that because you're 70 and you're, you're <laughs> not going to go back to law school now. Right. But th- the thing is, is that, we always get a second chance, right? And so you want to look to not how you've gone through hell or you didn't, you talked yourself out of doing something you wanted to do or that you couldn't do something because of some reason. You want to think about what do I want to do now? Like who cares about that? You can't go back. You can't go back in the past and redo it. But you can see how you limit yourself now or how you're making up a story about how hard your life is now. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it, we just make this stuff up and then we walk around as if God spoke those words. <laughs> oh, this is too hard for you to do, Chris. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's totally too hard. What, what, who am I? I don't know. Right? It's just yeah. you thinking, right? So you can do anything you want to. Like if you really wanted to go to law school, you could go back to law school now, probably free. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You know, well, but, you know, considering how old I was when I got my doctoral degree, I probably could. You know? yeah, you could. I mean, that was only 12 years ago. Right. And that came from inspiration, right? It's like sometimes we just get ideas. Oh, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Actually, I really liked Perry Mason. And there was just something about doing something that was um, not considered a woman's world because nobody did that. My school, high school counselor came up to me and when I said I want to be a lawyer, and he said to me, he said, why don't you just stick with being a teacher? Because my mother was a teacher, right? Yeah. You did great years. And, and I looked at him, I go, teacher? I don't want to be a teacher. I mean, well, I love teachers, by the way. It's great. It's yeah. actually a great lifestyle. But it, I had no calling to be a teacher at the time, which is interesting yeah. now, because what are we doing now? We're, teach, we're teaching people about mental health, right. but in a totally different way. So, you know, it's kind of like you just got to watch getting negative thinking about anything, whether that's really your wisdom talking or just limiting yourself in terms of what you can do and uh, how you're getting through life. You know, like uh, like you were talking about your move, Judy, like that was pretty that was a big arduous task mm-hmm. moving. I moving. So I, I'm, I was in awe of how you did this all by yourself, but I'm sure that you had. Lots of times when you were had thoughts about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had thoughts about it. But, you know, the interesting thing is that one of the great things about, well, there were two great things. One is that I, I since I moved to a much smaller place, I had to get rid of a lot of stuff. And at this point in life, sometimes you don't realize how much you've accumulated until you have to move it. And when you have to take it to goodwill, it's sometimes hard to say goodbye to it or when you have to sell it. 
But, you know, it's it's really funny. I had such a good time going through old pictures and old scrapbooks and old files and deciding what to keep and what, you know, what was duplicative and, you know, kind of winnowing things down and then organizing them. And then I realized I have saved my daughter from a really horrible experience because if I had kept all that stuff and just left it at random in no particular order in a bunch of boxes and after I died, she had to go through it all. She wouldn't know, oh, that was the person she worked with here or there, or that was her second grade teacher, or that was, you know, how would she know those things? And I wouldn't be there to tell her. Plus, I found something beautiful. I found something my dad wrote, uh, which I had never seen. It was in a briefcase that I thought was empty. And I just thrown the, it was a slim leather briefcase, and I just thrown it in a box and kept it all these years, never looked at it. And I opened it up and it was a story that he'd written about his family growing up for me before he died. And I would never have found that if I hadn't moved. And I just really was so thrilled. And so, you know, I just looked at it as like an adventure and, and a contribution to the well-being of my family and, and me. And so there were some, you know, times when you're tired and everything, but so what? You know, you can sleep. But it's interesting because I, when I, before I learned the principles, I moved quite a few times because my husband being in the Air Force and everything, and I always hated it. And I, and I was young and strong and I had no problem at all. I could lift heavy boxes and throw things around, but I hated it. I was just always complaining about it. And I realized it was, it was the same thing, only this time it was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I'm in awe of you, really, because I mean, I the last time I moved was ten years ago, and I promised myself I'd never ever move again because no, yeah, and 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 you know, it's just interesting though how you're um, we're forced to take a look at our own thinking about things as life presents itself with changes, right? And change is, I think, one of the. Um, things we're kind of talking about is people will try to change. Remember two episodes where we were talking about trying, right? But people try to change by thinking about it differently instead of just being present in the moment in a good state of mind. And then you see how to do it differently. You're looking for the how it's going to work out rather than how much you have to do. Right. And when you get like I, I, I every time I moved, I was still working. I, I didn't take time off to like I didn't take a month off to, to yeah. Yeah. So I would like wait till the last minute, make it rush and then feel overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And then I move a bunch of crap like I moved stuff here that I haven't used since I moved here. What a waste of money and my not really slowing down. And really kind of doing what you did, which I was, it was such a great idea. But I think in life, we kind of do that. We don't like really take the time to reflect on what really am I going to need? What really do I want to carry forward? Whether it's in our experiences from the past or the habits that we've created, like change can come gracefully if we move towards changing. But if we try to hang on to everything we had from the past and change at the same time, it doesn't work out. doesn't work out. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I really feel like um, a lot of times challenges that we face in life, whatever they might be, are a real test of whether we recognize our own insecurity and, and, 
and step back from it. Because insecure thinking is what keeps you from enjoying whatever you're doing. And insecurity keeps you from doing things. You know, it's like there are a lot of things that I didn't do when I was young. And I, looking back on it, I certainly could have done them. And mostly having to do with playing sports. But I would always, I was always afraid people would laugh at me. And I thought I was clumsy. And I thought I was awkward. And I was taller than the people um, my age when I was in junior high school. Everybody caught up afterwards. But, you know, I, I happened to have a growth spurt early. And so I felt big and awkward. And, and you know, I just didn't try things. And I think back on it now and I thought, gee, I missed out on a lot of fun. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to lay awake nights about it, but I don't do that now. I try things. You know, as old as I am, I say, oh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. What the heck? (laughs) And I told myself when I moved here 13 years ago that I was too old and I could never do it again. And here I am 13 years later, 13 years older, you know, and I just moved. And And I realized I just got inspired really only a few months before I moved, I got inspired that I wanted to be closer to my daughter and uh, everything worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing to me how we can see things differently when we operate from inspiration rather than from worry or thinking about what, what we should do or what we shouldn't do and, and all of that thinking. And so it looks to people that don't understand this, like all of a sudden out of the blue, you decided to move to Pennsylvania, right? I'm sure some people are thinking that, but it it really isn't that. It just becomes obvious, oh, this is what I want to do. And then things fall into place. Right. right? Rather than trying to think it all through in your head and getting so overwhelmed that you say, screw it, I'm I'm not going to do it. It's too much work. And it's funny because I did that about five years ago. My daughter was on my case. She wanted me to move back and be closer. And I kept saying, no, you know, I don't want to leave my doctors. And I I had a million reasons and I'm too old and I can't do it anymore. You know, and then she's laughing at me now because she says, I thought you were too old five years ago. And now what are you doing going the other way? And I said, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) She was very surprised because she just quit talking about it. She said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm tired of arguing with you about it. You know, if you don't want to live near me, then just that's fine. (laughs) And, uh, and I was up there for Mother's Day and I just thought, you know, it'd be fun to live close. And, and we, you know, I, I really have a good time with my family and, you know, I have uh, forever, however many years I have left could be 20, could be two, you don't know at this age. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to, it just seemed like the right idea. And the funny part about it, as soon as I made up my mind, I had no problem selling my place. I had no problem finding a place. It was a very hassle-free experience. And, uh, not at all what what most people said. Oh, it's going to be hard. The market is so hot. And people, you know, you're not going to find anything. And it's going to be too expensive. And that's, you can't listen to that, those thoughts. You just have to say, you know, it feels right to me now. When it feels right, following, that's, I think, the most important thing is to realize that your wisdom comes with a good feeling. And when you know, come to recognize that feeling, it's safe to follow it, even if it seems contrary to other people's thinking about what you should do. Yeah, you might freak yourself out a little bit from as you go through it, like, oh, my God, I got to, yeah. and then, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot, I got this. This yeah. is going to 
going to, and then you calm down again, right? And right. You start right. To, I was thinking as you were talking, though, that there's something that actually, like, this is a really great experience doing this podcast with you for me, because I, I did a, um, a, a talk for somebody else's program um, that they did, and, and it turned out really well. And they were like, oh, Chris, I really got a lot from you on this. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm more secure now. Like, in just doing these as we've done it, yeah. my security has gotten better because we're talking so easily. But we wouldn't have done this at all had it not been for us not being trapped by our own thinking about it. Because, you know, for years we didn't want to rock the boat. We didn't want to, like, come out and tell people that and so we tried to do it nicely like subtly like what about this what about that and it just didn't work and then one day we're having a conversation and we're like oh yeah let's just do that let's go for it yeah and and by doing that I got less insecure about talking about it yeah yeah and it's much easier to speak your heart and what you really feel than it is to try to talk around it yeah despair you know, other people, and then they don't know what you're talking about. You know? I realize how many times I've done that, you know, I was trying to be careful not to step on, you know, the prevailing view of things and realize that, yeah, you can't do that because you got to speak your heart. Yeah. And so when you're really coming from what you know, and you're talking about that, you're good to go. But when you're thinking about whether you're smart enough or whether you can do it, whether you're clear enough, then you come out not clear. So it's been it been fun for me even to use this as an example of how to change. And that's really kind of what we're talking about is how we get in the way of our constant change and evolution. And when we start to get beyond our thinking about things and really trust our wisdom, it's a whole new world. So don't be afraid. You know, if you have a moment of fear, it's just a moment of fearful thinking. It'll pass. And, uh, you know, learn, learn to recognize that good feeling for what it is. It's your wisdom saying, it's okay, you, you can do that. It's going to work. Yeah. It's, really, it's kind of really letting go of what you think and letting, letting whatever comes to you come and go with it. Like I, I was listening to this guy or read about him on Facebook, and he, he said, you know, I stopped being a three principles practitioner. And it, that comes with its own set of thoughts about what to do. And he said, I just started being me and I did this and I did that because it felt right to me. It felt good to me. You know, and that's kind of what we're saying is just be yourself and trust yourself yep. because you have everything you need inside of you. Absolutely. Well, we've done it again, Chris. <laughs> Filled up the time. Yeah. I'm glad you're back and uh, back yeah. to being with your daughter and having a good time and, Thank you. Uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Okie doke. Look forward to it. Take care. Aloha. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 